You're listening to the Source Property Podcast, your number one source of tips and tricks for starting your property business. Hello and welcome to another Source Property Podcast. My name is Chris Kirkwood. I'm the Franchise Director here at Source and today I am joined by Pete Blackley, our Head of Support. Hello, Pete. Hi, Chris. And hi, guys. As Chris said, I'm Pete Blackley. I head up the support team here at Source to support and mentor all of our franchisees up and down the country. So today, um, you're on this podcast because you've brought your crystal ball with you, because we're talking about the predictions for what's going to happen in 2023. So are you ready for this? Have you been reading the tea leaves? Have you been using your Ouija board? Do you know what's coming? I have, yeah. Excellent. Right. So I think... We, we are going to look at 2023. We are going to look at what our predictions are, not only for property, but in the wider economy as well. But before we get into that, I think it's worthwhile taking a quick look back at 2022 so we can see where we were at the start of 2022, where we are now, and then what's that leading us into, into 2023. So can you remember back to January 2022? Where's Jan- where has 2022 yeah. gone? All I remember from January 2022 is having a daughter and then life has changed since then. Which was, was your second child, right? So was you my, were at least a little bit prepared for it. It was my, my second child and then there's no more children now. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's been said before. Um, so uh, January 2022, so all, all of 11, 11 months ago. And if you think back to what we were doing in January 2022, I mean, we went on holiday just after January 2022. And the, the, the struggle that we had to get all of the documentation in place in order to go abroad, we were only going to France. COVID was really still a, a huge, yeah. having a huge mm-hmm. impact on our lives in January 2022, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, we were still, still quite uncertain back then, still uncertain whether we'd be spending this Christmas in another lockdown, whether there'd be more surges and more variants, and that obviously had an effect on the property market and the, the wider economy at that time. And it's strange, isn't it? Because usually when you say uncertainty, that then goes with um, property prices stagnating because lenders mm-hmm. pull out the market, so on and so forth. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But actually, in January and then the, the next four or five months, the prices of properties were still going, you know, skyrocketing, wasn't it? Yeah, and that comes back to very much the fundamentals of the market, that the property market, like stocks and shares, has become a little bit detached from reality. It's not necessarily completely run by the traditional economic data, although now we're entering... Um, the last sorry now we're entering 2023 property market has come back to reality which we'll discuss shortly so going back to jan um we were very much in a in a seller's market at that point weren't we there Definitely. was there was low very low supply and there was still very high demand which was mm-hmm. driven by um uh, low in low inflation and low interest rates at the time it wasn't the usual lack of supply, people wanting to move out of the cities and then later in the year people wanting to get back to the cities when they couldn't have their moccas, iced latte. In the countryside. Quick, in the countryside, yeah. They just don't make them the same, do they? They don't. Uh, skip forward now to the end of to the end of twenty twenty two and and almost, you know, it, it seems like the, the two the two uh the beginning of twenty twenty two, the end of twenty two, uh, should be years apart because the change was so vast in comparison to January. So at the end of 2022, what were we looking at in terms of the property market? Yes, yeah, so where we are now. Yeah, we're looking at a, a complete overall slowdown in the market nationwide. So 
during during COVID and during the boom, we saw a massive explosion of house prices throughout the country, a massive amount of demand, and now we've seen the opposite of that. Um, partly due to the fact that those people who were forced to move and needed to move during COVID for the biggest space have, have made that move. Um, another massive factor on that is the increase in, in mortgage rates, so they have increased significantly. And also the availability of mortgaging mortgages because interest rates are higher, people are going to have to put in higher deposits or look at properties at a at a lower value. And also that the wider effects of the cost of, of living crisis that's been caused by the lockdowns in, in China, COVID and, and inflation in general is having an effect on people's ability to save for a deposit. So just looking at the overview, now at the end of 2022, we're now very much in a buyer's market. Definitely. Um, the If you can finance, that is. If you can finance. And in order to, to understand why that's happened, I think we need to look at like the, the bigger economic picture. Mm-hmm. And in order to look at the bigger economic picture, we're going to need to look into 2023. So let's start. Well, let's start with that. So do you want to do you want to just tell us what the what the economic sort of outlook is right now? So before I ju- jump into the economic outlook for 2023, I just want to say this is all dependent on government policy. It's dependent on whether we still have the current incumbent government in power and the policies that they enact and the policies that the Bank of England enacts. But let's just presume for a moment that they're going to follow the traditional doctrine of raising interest rates to reduce inflation and there's going to be no nasty surprises mm-hmm. along the way. What we're going to see in 2023, as I've just touched on then, potentially higher interest rates as inflation creeps up. And there's a lot of people you'll probably see as this podcast goes out, there's people still striking. There's a lot of people who are struggling at the moment. And if all those people do get what, what they wish and what they deserve and higher higher wages, that's going to create more inflation. So the Bank of England would then have to revise their their inflation estimates and increase increase the interest rates, which will have a knock-on effect. So on one the of the things that interest rates does, for those of you that, that don't know, is that it, it helps to control in, uh, inflation. And inflation is currently too high. The, the government inflation target is 2%, is that right? It is, and we're well well past that. Yeah, we're currently in double figures, right? So um, they're going to maintain a higher interest rate in order to bring inflation down. Now, what does that therefore mean for, well, let's let's look at the, the economy first. How long is that going to last? We, we've heard the word recession being banded about, which apparently we're currently in. So what does that mean to the recession? How long will the recession last? And then what does that mean to property? There's three massive questions in one go. Right, <laughs> let me see if I can if I can if I can tackle tackle those. So first off, looking at looking at inflation, looking at what's gonna happen next year with with inflation, is I think we'll have a period of what, what we call stagflation. So because the economy's shrinking now, we're going into a bear market, we're entering a recession. Um, that part of the market is going to decline, but we're still going to see some inflation, mainly in food prices, mainly in utilities, gas and electric, etc. And again, that is also dependent on what happens to our neighbours in Europe, Ukraine. So dependent on that, inflation will will rise and also interest rates will rise, but we'll also have, be in a recession. So it'll have the knock-on effect, the double whammy of stagflation, and that's going to be very, very difficult. I think we'll have that for at least the first quarter, maybe encroaching into the second quarter, and then I think inflation will will be tamed, inflation will reduce, and we'll just enter a normal standard 
recession so, from there. So therefore, does that mean that interest rates will immediately come down as soon as inflation comes down? No, I, I think towards the middle to end of next year, we'll probably see a half a percent, maybe a one percent drop in the base rate. And then going into 2024, we'll probably see that come down. I don't think we'll get anywhere close to the, the 0.7%, 1% that we've been in the past, but I think it will definitely be lower than what it is today, which will then help improve people's borrowing power and, and prop up the housing market. So high inflation, high interest rates and a recession, how does that then therefore affect property? Negatively. Next question. And in what way? So what it will mean is it will affect people's buying power and people's ability to purchase properties. It'll also reduce um, reduce the demand for the properties and reduce the overall price of the properties, but no doubt supply will increase because a lot of people will face repossession. So 2008 recession, 2020 recession, and looking back at all the other major recessions throughout history, there's always been quite high repossessions, house repossessions. And I'm seeing that in my area at the moment, a massive uptick of properties being repossessed. So supply will be increased but demand will be reduced and that will ultimately reduce the house prices. So previously we were talking about uncertainty. Uh, inflation, high interest rates, recession, all leads to market uncertainty. When that happens, the lenders in the property world tend to react conservatively. They want to make sure that they're taking care of the, the money that they're putting out into the property world. So they might, instead of offering you a 90% a loan to value, they might reduce that to a 70% loan to value, which means that you've got to put more money into buying the same property. But it means that they're taking less of a risk because if the property market decreases, if the value of the property market decreases, they've got more of a margin before they potentially are risking what the money that they've put into the same property. Therefore, at the moment, lenders are lenders have been reacting to this for the last what three or four months or so, where they've been withdrawing yeah, products. We've seen a lot of down valuations as well. Yep, yeah, seen down valuations from surveyors, but lenders are de-risking, which means that you've got to put more money into buying the mm -hmm. same property. Now that has then caused the market to change so dramatically, where it's now become a buyer's market, because there's roughly the same number of properties coming onto the market as there was previously, but the buyers just don't exist anymore in the same way that they did 12 months ago. So there are, there are fewer buyers out there, which now creates a buyer's market because buyers are the rarity because it's the ones, like you said before, that have got the access to funding, mm, whether that be cash or through a lender, they're the ones with the power because they're the rarity in the market, right? Definitely. So lenders are definitely tightening up their, their lending, but there is a slight caveat to that. So I going back to what we said previously earlier in, in the podcast about um, lending criteria in the government changing processes and the Bank of England changing policies. So we have in the last couple of days, the government have extended the help to buy government backed mortgage scheme. So that should hopefully help to, to prop up part of the market. We've also had um, the big six lenders, the biggest mortgage, six mortgage lenders in the country. Yesterday, I think it was come out and say that they will now finance flats with cladding issues. So yeah. long as um, there is a planning place for it to be funded either by the developer, the freeholders, or by external external grants and funding. So lenders are tightening up on the one hand, but also on the other hand, they are going through a slight bit of deregulation. So they might not lend you as much on a said property, but they're now lending on different properties, wider properties, and there's also some government-backed schemes that have been extended as well. So 
in their eyes, in their view, they think that's going to prop up the market. Um, I don't know your view, Chris, but personally, I think that's a putting a, a, a Band-Aid on a on a broken leg yeah. and it's just kicking the can down the road and ultimately there'll be a bigger crash. Because it it's happens. all it's all very niche, isn't it? It's all, you know, they will fund this, but then if you look at the, the, the general sort of um, uh, lending policy that they've had, they've withdrawn on the more risky property strategies. Mm -hmm. So trying to get us like a serviced combination mortgage now is far more difficult than it was 12 Definitely. months ago because they've withdrawn from that strategy. So I agree, they use stuff like that to make them seem like they're doing the right thing and doing a good thing. But if you look at the overall, the overall picture, it really doesn't make that much difference. Um, so... 2023, therefore, what we're saying is it's going to be easier to find a good property deal, right? Because there's fewer buyers out there. It is, and there yeah. are just as many mm -hmm. properties coming onto the market. And because there are fewer buyers out there, there's going to be less competition for those deals. Definitely. So what's your strategy going into 2023? How are you going to make sure that you're still getting... Because you, whatever happens, right, if you 12 months ago, a good, a good return from a property that you could see on the market might have been 20%. Right, so you want to make sure that you're seeing all those twenty percent properties because that's the best that you can get. That you're still going for the like one or two percent, right? Mm -hmm. At the the best properties in the market. Right now, you're much more likely to be able to find thirty, thirty five percent returns, but you don't want to settle for that. You still want to be concentrated on the best one or two percent properties in the market because that you can't buy that many, no matter how, how hard you try. You can't buy that that amount of properties in one go. So how do you concentrate on the best properties that are currently available? So looking at my, so your first question was about my, my strategy for 2023. So I'll, I'll tackle that first. And then Sorry, we'll I asked two the, questions in one go again, didn't I? On to the next one. It's not great for my brain, that. Sorry. So I'll just take you back to, to December 2019, which is when I, I put my plan in place for for this year and for what is coming. So um, it's no secret I analyse a lot of data. I like to, to look into that. Chris thinks it's a bit sad, but my future planning for my investment goes decades if not generations into the future so back in 2019 i pretty much saw this coming knew what was going to happen with covid and then the ensuing global recession that was going to come after that i did predict that the global recession was going to happen somewhere in 2020 but due to all the, the fiscal stimulus that's happened in this country the states and around the world that can has just been kicked down the road mm -hmm. to 2023 so since december 2019 i have been rebalancing my portfolio i've been remortgaging the properties so it's great that they've grown in value over the last couple of years because i've been able to remortgage them far quicker than i ever thought i would because i predicted that kind of capital growth would be 10 to 20 years down the line and some of them have quadrupled in value in the space of, of 12 months due to the covid inflation in the property market so basically like a squirrel i've been stockpiling cash we've had no holidays the wife's not had her hair done i've not bought a new car we've been remortgaging um, my daughter's wearing all my son's old clothes everyone thinks she's a boy that's great fun good work stockpiling all that cash and i've been waiting for this crash so this year i've not bought as many properties as i usually do i've really scaled scaled that back and i'm going into 2023 with a war chest to be able to buy as many properties as possible knowing that i've got the backing and the lending available to allow me to to do that do you uh, so the second question Uh, how do you make sure that you get the the top one or two percent of properties that are on the market in the next in the in twenty twenty three? Yeah, so doing as many viewings as possible, networking with the agents, getting out there. It's about the numbers. So I usually work on the numbers with the franchisees. You're going to analyze a hundred properties. You're going to view ten of them, and one of them 
is going to work. Now, if you're doing that every week, going out and viewing 10 properties, securing one property, eventually you're going to get over the line and you're going to get into those fantastic returns of 35, 40% on the, the capital that you've employed into into that deal. So it's just getting out there and getting it done. And my strategy is, is slightly different, but I'm sure we'll cover that shortly. I, I completely agree. And you've, you've, got, you've, got, you've got to make sure that you are being just as aggressive as you were in a, in a really competitive market to, to get the sniff of a deal. You had to work really hard. You had to network. You had to go out there. You had to speak to as many people as you possibly could. And you should be doing exactly the same stuff now, even though it's easier to find deals. Because if you find mm -hmm. something that's got, let's take an uplift, for example. If you find something that's got a potential uplift of 20%, then that's 20% equity that you're putting into your pocket, right? But if you find something with a 35, 40% uh, uh, uplift, then that's just more money that you're putting into your pocket. That finding those deals that have got the really good margins mm -hmm. now is absolutely critical to be able to help you to, to build your portfolio over the next few years. Not just you know to put that money in your pocket once. It helps you build your portfolio for years to come. I didn't ask you a question, did I? No, you're waiting for me to answer. You, you were going to ask. answer another Great question. Great interview. You'd moved on to another question, though, answering another question that I didn't even ask. So what was that one? What my strategy was for getting, for getting the properties of next year. So um, as we've touched on, there's going to be a lot of properties that are going to be repossessed that are already being repossessed. So my strategy is pretty much the strategy I've employed since I entered the market, property market in, in 2012, is looking for properties that are repossessed to come onto the market, waiting for the public notice to come on, saving the property, not phoning the agents, not going to view it, not doing anything until that public notice is removed, meaning what? The property has fallen through. I then go into the agents with my proof of funds, ID, solicitor's details, book of viewing that day, because on a repo, you, sorry, a corporate sale, as the estate agents will tell you to call it go and view it on that day because you've got to view them put my offer in at 50% below the asking price and very often they get accepted or we negotiate up from there so that's my very aggressive strategy of going in and knocking knocking them down and in this market there's going to be very few people buying repossessions there's very very few people who buy repossessions anyway mm -hmm. most people are put off by them um, usually for, for nonsensical reasons um, usually for reasons, you know, friends and family tell them not to go for them, mm -hmm. but the, you generally tend to make the best investment in my view. Is that your only strategy? Will you be looking at gen generally across the market as well? Or, or will you just laser focus on? Laser focus, that is the only strategy that, that I will be looking at. Two reasons for that, you get the best discounts and also the speed, so the growth that I grow my portfolio, repossessed properties allow me to do them in 14 to 28 days, whereas mm -hmm. dealing with a, a normal vendor going through something with probate, et cetera, et cetera, it, it can take months, if not years, to get through. And I kind of weeded those out of my strategy a long time ago and just focus on on the corporate sales. And our strategy, uh, completely different to yours because we're, we're looking at the bigger, I just hit the microphone, Luke, sorry. We're looking at the bigger, um, bigger developments um, our strategy is that we want to the the type of developments that we take on are the type of de developments that have to be able to rent out for a, for at least a couple of years and make a profit while they're being rented out before we realise the, the capital uplift that will inevitably come um, in the after the recession is finished. So that's our that's our strategy. So really, you know, it's something that we've been doing anyway. It's it's something that we've built into the, the deal calculator that we You're hand out to everybody. Just gonna do it more aggressively going into 20. Absolutely, and you know, every property that we're buying at the moment, we've renegotiated in some way 
because the market has changed and therefore we have to we have to be realistic that we're buying something that ruthless you wouldn't catch me doing that (laughs) sure um, okay, so th- we've talked about the UK. We've talked about the the property market, the economy in the UK. Is there anything that that's happening? And you actually touched on Ukraine and and what Russia was doing and inflation because of that. Um, is there anything that's happening um, in the in the global economy that could also affect us in the next year? Yeah, so we, we've seen we've seen a slowdown and we've seen a tightening in in supply in terms of um, domestic products and goods coming from from China. That's because of the the aggressive lockdowns that they've had in China. They've now changed tact and they've they've opened up. So that's had a knock-on of effect of, of the loosening in global trade. So that should hopefully bring down the prices of some domestic goods, especially large appliances, cars, and stuff that are manufactured in China. So that will help with the overall global inflation and, and UK inflation. And um, one of the things that might negatively affect it and push inflation back up is if they have a massive um, outbreak of the coronavirus because they're still not very well vaccinated over in China and then that will then have you know it'll be a false dawn will have think will have solved inflation and it could then potentially push global inflation back up we touched on Ukraine so I won't go into much detail on that but depending on the direction that the war takes and the sanctions that we impart on Russia and potentially their allies Iran and China um, could then have a negative effect or a positive effect on, on inflation and then the d- domestic property market from there. And then you've got inflation from the Biden administration, the trillions upon trillions of dollars that they're printing, putting out into the economy. They're um, giving government back guarantees to home loans over $500,000. And there's potentially other um, policies and things that they are enacting that will have an impact on global inflation and the global economy because as i'm sure you're all aware we no longer have um, gold-backed currency most currencies in the world are backed by the dollar so the decisions and policies that america make and they enact has a direct effect on our domestic economy but from your point of view for what you need to do in the next year is you need to find the best deals you need to also find the one or two percent of deals that are right at the top of the of the um profit margins in the property world and how do you do that you make sure that you're busy you get out there you network with people you make sure that you're busy and talking to as many people as you possibly can and then the expectations that you set for yourself it are you know not looking for the 20 percent that you were looking for a year ago it's now to push that even further to make sure that you're going to get the the 35 the 40 percent the you know whatever is in the t- that top one or two percent that's what you need to be looking for um, have you got anything to add before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to say tune out the noise. So stick to your strategy. Mm-hmm. Do it more aggressively. You're going to get better returns. But don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the economic forecast. Don't listen to you know pundits like us. Don't take into too much detail what we've got to say. Don't let it distract from your main focus. Just tweak it slightly. Take this data on and go through it. It's just like it's just like property, isn't it? You've got to do. You do your own homework. You, you draw your own conclusions. Yeah. Because the way that I look at a deal would be different from the way that you look at a deal. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, sorry, you were going to say something else. No, that's that. Okay, great. I'm out. Um, and Pete mentioned before that we are um, we are not experts. We offer no warranties. We offer no guarantees on anything that we're anything that we're talking about. This is just our opinion of what we think 2023 is going to look like, and also um, what you need to do and what we'll be doing in 2023 mm-hmm. in order to maximise our, our our potential in uh, in the property market. Okay. So all those views expressed in the podcast are those views of the individual and not, and not sourced. 
Yeah, yeah. that's it. Just get that disclaimer in. So um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast, please. Uh, Sourced are a one-stop shop for all of your resources when you're in, uh, when you're um, uh, going to look to grow your property business. Check us out at sourced.co online for more information. Thanks for being here.